Greetings and salutations, my fellow DMs, GMs, referees, judges, game operation directors, and all the other varieties of storytellers. This is your DM, Bill, and it's time for another DM Quick Tip. During several of my previous Quick Tips, I've talked about the different types of game masters that you may encounter while running your adventures. Now, this is an effort to help you, the game master. Recognize your individual strengths and maybe some of your weaknesses on your way to becoming a better game master. Or as a player, understanding what is in the creative mind of the person at the head of the table, not to mention the labor of love that is the creative process. Spotlighting all the work that goes into serving up a top-notch game week after week. Now, since Lou says I need to have a more positive attitude, I'm just going to go with the belief that you have been listening to all the previous DM Build Quick Tips on this subject. Please pause here and come back after you have. We'll wait for you to binge the episodes you missed. For the rest of the DMD podcast, Faithful, on we go. We're not going to wait. They'll just have to catch up. Well, now, have you figured out what type of the game master you are and the one you're most like? Could you be a performer, showing up to the game in costume, wearing medieval garb and whatever armor the cosplay YouTube channel it was featuring last month, acting out each NPC's encounter with a performance best suited for the stage at the Sydney Opera House? every monster reciting a master plan like a supervillain during the obligatory maniacal monologue. How about the builder? Does hours at the computer developing maps for every possible contingency bring a smile to your face? In the binder for your campaign, are there floor maps representing every building in the town, just in case a player character might happen into the pickle barrel production workshop with a question? Maybe you're the hobbyist. Shelves of finely crafted buildings and homes on display always within arm's reach for a quick town setup. A brand new set of ruins and castle walls are drying on the workbench. Let's not forget the multiple boxes of coniferous and deciduous trees, all kinds of shrubs, tumbleweeds, rock formations for any ecology, and scattered terrain to boggle the mind. It might be that not a lot of fanfare is more your speed. A straightforward Baron Pretzel Game Master approach is just right for you. Too much preparation can ruin a really good joke. It's all about the rule of cool. If your players spend as much time holding their ribs as they do actually role-playing, then it's been a great session. Now there's the bad guy game master. Are a pad of paper and pencil your best friends? Keeping track of every arrow that has been loosed, every spell that's been cast and by whom, are all the rules part of the self-imposed reading assignment you study each weekend? If any player dares to defy the rules or edict of the all-powerful game master, then the wrath and vengeful ire of all the gods, new and old, will befall that poor character as an example for all to witness in despair? These are but a few of the most recognizable examples of the Game Master styles. So I ask again, which one do you resemble? More importantly, why do I ask, you may wonder. First, let's point out that there isn't any style that's the right one. The style used by you, the Game Master, that works for your table is perfectly fine. What I'm attempting to point out here is that there's always room for improvement. Consider, if you will, adopting just a little bit of some or even one of the other styles. This can add a new dynamic to the game. Adding mystery and intrigue to the story keeps the players entertained and involved. Changing up and revamping the way you present your story will keep the players guessing at what is coming next. If they don't know what to expect, it'll be easier to confuse and surprise them. It isn't necessary to dive in and change everything you do. 
Go about it the same way you eat an owl bear, one bite at a time. Here's a few servings I've prepared for you. Try adding a few pieces of terrain. Now, this one can be tricky. There's a hobby hiding inside of a hobby here and can be all-encompassing if you're not careful. To make things easy, the internet and online stores can provide a massive array of variety at very reasonable prices. Start with some ruins or stone walls. A couple of plain buildings can be reused over and over. If the players are willing to pitch in a dollar or two every game session, every other month, it's terrain buy-in time. Now, maps are useful for keeping the story moving along. It gives perspective to distances and time it takes to travel between encounters. This doesn't mean you have to spend hours drawing out complex landscape. Go online, search for Maps for D&D. Now just download the ones that work for you. If you're willing to sacrifice the large amounts of blue and yellow ink, go ahead and print them out. I suggest if the campaign revolves around a particular city or town, print that one and reuse it over and over. You could prepare a few NPCs ahead of time. Just some bullet points on mannerisms and if there's a dialect or accent associated with each. Not all stats, but the ones that you may have to make saves against. Add just a little bit of backstory that could help move the story along and any contacts, allies, or enemies the characters may need to know about. Take a bit of time to give just a couple NPCs a little more in-depth personality and see where that takes the story and your acting skills. Everyone likes a good joke. If there's an opportunity to interject some levity into the scenario by you or the players, then let it go. This will break the tension, sometimes giving the table a breath before delving back into the story. A touch of comedy will also help frame the serious moments and make them stand out even more. Don't be afraid to reach for a beer and a handful of pretzels now and again, if you catch my drift. Just be ready to reel it back in before it gets out of hand. On the other side of that coin... Now and again, hold the players accountable for their actions. If the characters go around murder hoboing, then put their asses in jail. Run them out of town. Have the townsfolk hire a more powerful group to bring them in for a fair trial and then execution. Let's see how they handle that, by the way. First level characters do not get seven spells a day. Keeping track does not make you a jerk or a bad guy. It makes you the referee who keeps the players on the up and up so no one runs away with the storyline. The point I'm trying to get at is that if you adopt just a little bit of a different few styles, your game will get better. Try one at a time and see how it fits your game. Adding a touch here and then there, now and again. Incorporating different styles gradually will allow you as the game master to grow into the part and expand the resources available to you. Constantly adding to the bag of tricks we all develop over time. The players will enjoy the efforts that you, the game master, has put into the story and in return, you can enjoy the unending praise of the players. At least, that's how the old man does it. I'm DM Bill. See you next time in the dojo.